For as long as I can remember, since childhood even, when I've fallen in love with a book, I've wanted to sit down and talk with the author. Now, I'm doing just that. Welcome to Words with Writers. I'm your host, Jenny L. Weitrip. I'm an award-winning, best-selling author, and I'm talking to authors about the writing craft, the writing life, and the books you love. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Jim. Thank you for joining us this morning. It is so uh, fun to get to have a conversation with you and see you face to face. And I've been looking forward to this. For those who don't know you, which I would imagine are very few in number, (laughs) I want to read your bio, give them a little bit of history, and then we will dive into talking about writing and what you have going on, which I'm really excited to hear about. So, okay, James L. Rubart is 28 years old which I found fascinating because (laughs) I knew I was probably a few years older than you. I didn't think I was 30 years older than you. (laughs) (laughs) James L. Rubart is 28 years old, but lives trapped inside an older man's body. He thinks he's still young enough to water ski like a madman and dirt bike with his two grown sons and loves to send readers on mind bending journeys. They'll remember months after they finish one of his stories. And that is absolutely true. <laughs> I remember every book of yours that I've read, I remember. Wow. And that's rare because I read a lot. <laughs> He's the best-selling Christie Book of the Year, Carol Inspee and RT Book Reviews, award-winning author of 10 novels, co-owner of the Rubart Writing Academy, and an audiobook narrator. He lives with his amazing wife on a small lake in eastern Washington. So welcome. Well, thanks. Really fun to get to talk to you. Very fun. So we, just a little bit of history. I don't do a lot of chit chat, but just to give our listeners a little bit of history, you and I had our debut novels release, um, I think the same year or within a year of each other, I believe. Yeah, mine was 2010. I want to say we were same year or were you? 2011? I was 2011. So I was early 2011. So, but within the same year, same publishing company, which is how we met. And I, uh, early on did a book signing up in Canada and I was terrified. (laughs) (laughs) It was my first book signing. And so I, emailed you and asked you if you would meet me up there and right. and we signed books together we which did. was really fun yeah. and then had lunch afterwards with a friend of mine and right. uh so I have always been very grateful for that if I didn't thank you at the time thank you <laughs> it, <laughs> oh you're quite you're quite welcome you you and I remember that lunch with you and your friend we just had I mean we could have I think we could have gone on for six or seven hours it was just just such a a great time of connection so. Yeah, very fun. So, okay, I want to start with the Christie Awards. You are in the Hall of Fame. You've won four Christie Awards. Um, five, uh, five. technically, because uh, I won in the category, and then I won Book of the Year as well. So they, I guess, they okay. counted as five. So yeah, they would. <clears throat> that would make sense. So tell tell our listeners, tell writers what the awards mean. What do they mean to you personally? What have they meant to your career? 
Yeah, personally, it's it's funny. I when I first got into the industry, Randy Ingermanson was one of my early mentors, and he had won a Christie Award, and I just thought, oh my gosh, someday, someday, if I could win just one Christie, it would be, you know, it just be a, it, amazing. It would be an affirmation. It would be just an encouragement. It's just one of those kind of fantasy goals. And and the Christies are really the Oscars of inspirational fiction. And so for me, that was like the ultimate. And so when I won my first one, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. Uh, I, I can retire and be happy. <laughs> so to have won five and be in the Hall of Fame is still, still a little surreal for me. <laughs> still yeah. a little surreal. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat though. I, it's just well-deserved. It was fun as I was doing a little research this week to log on to the Christie Awards, go to that Hall of Fame and scroll down. You're with some great names, with some great authors in really good company. And um, how does it, does it impact book sales? Does it, what does it do career-wise? I think it impacts book sales. I'm not, I'm not sure how much. Um we talked about the Oscars and movies and you'll see movies win an Oscar and it doesn't necessarily boost their sales substantially. It boosts a little bit. And so I saw that same thing a little bit, but I think more than that, it's, it's recognition in the industry when you, yeah. when you, cause I think there's five of us in the Christie hall of fame. So it's not, not a lot of folks right now. And so yeah. it's, it's just a nice recognition, right. With editors, agents, publishing houses, that kind of thing. So, um, so that's, that's really nice. And, and yet, um, and I'm not saying that it doesn't mean the world to me. It does being in the hall of fame, but honestly, what the Christie's has done more than that is it's opened up the world of relationships, maybe relationships I wouldn't <sighs> necessarily have been, been able to establish. And for me, that is the gold. That is the gold. When, when you and I got into this industry, you were probably told the same thing. I was told, oh my gosh, Jim, you're going to find some of your closest relationships come out of this industry. And I'm like, no, they won't. I've got really close friends. I'm, I'm good on that score, right? I just did yeah. not expect it to happen. And, but it did. Some of my yeah. dearest friends are, came out of this industry. So. Yeah. That's so neat. And that's so true. I found the same thing. We, um, you know, we share a common passion we spend our time very much in, you know, a lot of our time in the same way. And boy, it's it's so valuable to have people who understand what you're doing and what it takes. So that's yeah, it, 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 Jenny, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Being on that journey with others who know, who know when you describe a situation. Um, and, and the other thing that, that, as I look back on my career up until this point, the, the thing I, and this is something I tell um, the Rubart Writing Academy students when they go through the academy is, it's not about the writing. <laughs> I thought this whole thing was about the writing, right? <laughs> I'm going to write a book and I'm going to get published and, and people are going to read it and all that. That's what it's about. And it's not. It's about the man I have been shaped into, the, the trials, the, the struggles, the rejection, the triumphs, all of that has been used to shape me into a man more after God's heart. And, and yeah. so that's, that's the outcome of this whole thing. And God simply is using writing to do it, right? That's just the vehicle he's used to do it. So. Absolutely. I would 100% agree with that in my own life. It mm. has been a tool in God's hand more than almost anything. 
um, at least in recent years, uh, to really form and shape who I am. And so, yeah, absolutely. So when I began the podcast, I started with a series on award-winning authors and you were one of the first authors I looked up. I was going to interview, my plan was to interview award-winning authors with new releases. So I went to your website and I didn't see a new release. And I was surprised by that because you've released a book a year, at least, yes, for the last 10 years or so. Yeah. So I kind of put your name on the back burner and and set up my schedule. And then I thought, no, it's award-winning novelists. I have (laughs) to connect with Jim. And so I emailed you and you do have something new coming out. I do. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. It's after I finished Pages of Her Life, Darcy and I talked and I talked to my agent and I talked to my publisher and I just said, it's time for me to take a break. And so with, from my own writing, but not necessarily from writing. And so what is coming out is a collaboration. It's a new author named David James Warren. And that is a pen name for myself, for Susie May Warren, Susan May Warren. I know her as Susie, you know her as Susie and her son, David Warren. So that's where the name comes from. David is David Warren. James is me, obviously. And Warren is Susie Warren. So yes, yes, uh, it was the first time I've co-authored, and we actually yeah. started this project back in 2017. So it's wow. been a while, and we, Susie and David, came to my house here in Eastern Washington, braved this snowstorm to get here. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story in and of itself that'll probably end up in a book someday. Anyway, they got here. We brainstormed all six books in one long, long weekend. And then we, because of various projects, my book's coming out, Susie's book's coming out. We had to shelve the project for quite a while, four years, obviously, but now it has finally come to fruition and the first book releases almost immediately. So as of this recording, uh, I think you're okay with saying this releases a week from today. So we're very excited. Exactly. And it will release a week prior to this airing. So it will be out and available when uh, people are listening. So I'm excited about that. I'm reading Cast the First Stone, which is the first book in the series. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Oh, good. Thoroughly enjoying it. And love the character, love the protagonist. Talk about the differences between writing your own work and collaborating. It honestly blows my mind. I cannot, I can't figure out how that works. So share that with us. Well, first of all, it was Susie and I, well, first of all, we talked, oh gosh, ages ago about someday writing a book together because we both love time travel. Um, love time travel books, time travel movies, time travel TV shows. And we said, okay, we got to do a book someday that has time travel in it. And so how it came about is we we actually got serious and started talking about the fact that she and I, we write in different genres and yet there's crossover, right? She has a lot of romance in her books, but I have a splash of romance in all my books. So there's that crossover. She loves, I do a lot of speculative and fantastical things. Well, she has that bent and that obviously she loves time travel as well. And so we thought, you know what? Our, our audiences overlap, not so much that it, 
be talking to the same audience, but enough that there's a connection there. So the idea was, can we mix our two genres? Can we mix our two focuses and make it, it's like blending a wine, right? Instead of a cab or a Merlot, it's blending the cab and Merlot. And what do you come up with? So that, that, that's really been the sense of it. That is great. How does the actual nuts and bolts writing work? Yeah. So the way it worked is we had all the books basically all mapped out. So the stories were done, but somebody has to write them. And so Susie, yeah, somebody has to sit down and write them. So in this case, Susie has been writing the books and she's, she's actually finished with all of them. And what I've been doing is going through and editing them and changing things, putting a voice saying, all right, uh, Rembrandt Stone is this time traveling detective that travels back in time to solve cold cases. So I'm going to, uh, Rem wouldn't necessarily say it that way. He might not use this word. So I'm shaping kind of his voice. And, and so I do that, then send it to David and he does some editing as well. Then I take that manuscript and I get into the studio and I start voicing, um, voicing Rem. And the fun, the funnest thing about it, Jenny is Rem is first person. The story is told in first person. So I, this is the first, I've narrated a lot of books at this point. This is the first time I've done a first person POV. So I get to be Rembrandt Stone, which has just been, it's just been a blast. Just been a blast. That's great. Well, what a neat process that, that makes it workable. Now I understand how, uh, you know, that works. And, and one of the things I did notice was his voice and, uh, you know, you've written a female protagonist. I've written a male protagonist. It's hard, you know, to it really is. capture uh, the voice of the opposite gender. Uh, we tend to speak very differently and um, yeah. emote differently, all of yeah. that. So, uh, you know, it was, it has been obvious to me in reading it, um, it it's an authentic male voice. So even with Susie writing it, um, you know, it's, it's clear your influence in there and well, and in the story, all of it, it's just been really fun to uh, get to read something a little different and similar genre for you, a little different, but kind of more the crime aspect yeah, I've never really done a thriller. This is really more suspense thriller than I've done before, yeah. but it's not that big a step away. And uh, it's not that big a step away for Susie, as we were say already said. And so I think that's why it works. It, um, And yet it's different enough that we consciously chose a pseudonym, an open pseudonym, yeah. so that people wouldn't go into the book going, oh, this is going to be a James L. Rubart book and have them come out going, yeah. uh, no, it wasn't really, it was some Jim, <laughs> but it wasn't we don't want them to think that and same for yeah. Susie's audience. So that was one of the, the reasons we did that. Yeah. Very fun as a writer to get to do something new. Yeah, it really so. is. And, and it's unusual in that we are releasing these books every other month for yeah. um, till the end of the year. And, and one of the reasons there is because they warning, warning anybody that's going to read these, you need to know that they do end on cliffhangers right? Because yes. uh, it's pushing you into the next book. We really saw this series kind of le- like episodic TV where, you know, each, each week you get a new 
show or if it's Netflix, you know, they dump it all at once and you can binge. But with us, it's almost the next episode. So we don't want to have people think these are self-contained books. They are, they are not. It's a, it's a complete series. Yeah. Yeah. I was interested when I saw that, that, uh, you know, what we call in the indie world, that rapid release strategy, mm. because it is that it, it, they are binge worthy type books. And so readers will have to wait, you know, a month or so, but soon they'll all be out and we can binge read them all, which is <laughs> right. great fun. Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, that's really, that'll be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do and, um, just how that process goes for you. Is your target audience, is it still Christian readers? Is it general market? Have you changed target audience at all? Yeah, we have, and we haven't. By that, I mean, this is not um, this is not an overtly spiritual book at all. Mm-hmm. In other words, so it, it, it's more um, it's more a general market book. Yeah. Although, and I don't want to give anything away, but by the end of the series, I think both Susie's and my readers will go, okay, you brought it home. You were true to your, true to your Christian heritage, true to your Christian beliefs. And certainly the worldview um, in all of the books is definitely Christian because Susie and I are followers of Jesus. So that's going to be in it, but it's, it's definitely not as overt as my, all my other books are. Susie's books generally are a little less overt, mine are more mm-hmm. overt. This is mm-hmm. less for both of us. But again, it's okay. Yeah. And that gets into a subject that we don't have to cover here. But what is a Christian book, right? Yes, <laughs> a Christian exactly. Book, cover right? that. I, I, I love like that, that topic. I, I, I love that topic too. Um, and, and, and that goes back to, I do not like being described as a Christian author. Never have liked that. You can certainly describe me as an author who happens to be a follower of Jesus, but that's an important distinction for me. So are they Christian books? Yeah, because Susie and I are Christians. Exactly. So Exactly. One of my favorite authors, Brett Lott, uh, he says that uh, because Christ resides in us, the integrity of Christ is going to come out in what we write, whether we ever utter the name of Jesus on the page. And I believe that to be absolutely true. So I have struggled, long struggled with that distinction between Christian books and the general market and the, you know, just as you've said, uh, I consider myself a writer who also happens to be a Christian. So Yeah. yeah, that's neat. You have a heart for writers. You um, serve writers in various ways. You started the Rupert Writing Academy. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I I guess I remember so well what it was like starting out. I mean, for me, God, it was wow, fifteen years ago that I really dove into it, and yet it's I, I can still I just have vivid memories of how it felt and how scared I was and how nervous I was and how little I knew. And so, and I've actually been teaching marketing and sales training since I was, gosh, 23 years old. And so I've always had a heart for teaching um, and encouragement. I, I think that's one of my gifts is encouraging people because that's what you need more than anything else. You need encouragement because most people or a lot of people, I should say, give up. And so I'd been teaching for years and years and years and it was finally my son, Taylor. He said, dad, you know, you love teaching and you do yeah. workshops around the country and that kind of thing. When are you going to start your own thing? 
right? Where you can really pour into people and really take time and really do some one-on-one and that kind of thing. And, and I said, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, you should start something. And I looked at him and I said, okay, Taylor, tell you what, if you join me and, and we do it together, I'll do it. Yeah. And he fun. said, all right, dad, let's, let's give it a shot. So that was fall of 2016 and the Rubart Writing Academy was, was born. That's neat. What do you do for writers in terms of what do you offer? I know, but you tell us. <laughs> yeah. Um, we offer them the big picture, the four pillars, what we call the four pillars, which you need to know if you're going to succeed in this industry. So the first pillar, pillar is craft, right? How do you actually write? Mm-hmm. But so many authors stop there and it, it, there's so much beyond that. There is also marketing and branding, which has become such a critical component, even for fiction writers, right? Then you have the business side of things, just the business administrative understanding. Should I go trad? Should I go uh, indie? You know, all the kind of business aspects of it, agents, editors, how do you build relationships, all that. And then finally, motivation and inspiration. How do you stay motivated? How do you stay inspired when, when you're, Sorry, you're getting beaten down in this industry, a lot mm-hmm. of rejection. But here's what's interesting, and, and this is what we do, which I ne- haven't seen anyone else do, and it's probably, in my mind, the most critical, the most foundational aspect of what we do, and that is what we do the first night of the Academy, and that is discovering everyone's theme, the theme yeah. of their life. It's identity, right? It's who you are at your core, and if I think if if you and I asked most people, Jenny, woke them up in the middle of the night, shook them and said, what is the theme of your life? They'd go, um, I don't really know. And yet you need to know that if you're really going to write the most powerful stories possible, you need to know the theme of your life. And so that's been really, uh, it's just been really wonderful to see the light bulbs go on in these students eyes where it's like, Oh my gosh, that is the theme of my life. That is who I am. That's who I am at my core. And again, once you understand that, then your stories take on a whole new, uh, powerful aspect. Absolutely. I was 48 years old when my first novel released and I had been pursuing publication for decades, honestly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I had switched from nonfiction to fiction. And I am so grateful now in retrospect that I had 48 years Mm. of maturity and self-awareness, years and years of therapy, (laughs) all of those things that, Mm. um, and primarily 48 years of walking with God to infuse into the stories that I write. Uh, I think sometimes in working with writers, one of the common threads that I see is this um, push for publication and what feels like a rush, They allowing publication to become an affirmation in some way of who they are. And, um, gosh, I always want to say, slow down. Mm -hmm. It's it, the time will serve you well if you let it. So how do you, how do you help writers discover their theme? 
And you don't need to give away any of what you oh, do no, on no. your retreats I'll, and things. No, but. I'll tell you exactly what we do. Um, and I don't know how it all started. I started doing this actually in workshops, like, like writing, writing um, conference workshops where I was teaching on, on creating unique stories with deep emotional impact. And Jenny, I wish I remembered how this started, but basically one, one workshop, I kind of blurted out. I said, if you tell me your three favorite movies, I can tell you the theme of your oh. life. And so people started coming up to me after the conference, after the workshop, right? It was over. And they'd say, okay, here are my three favorite movies. What's the theme of my life? And I started doing this bing, bing, bing. And I just saw, you know, these people were just, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So I realized there was something powerful there. And, and that, so that's what we do at the Academy, but we don't do three movies. We do five. And there's also a questionnaire that goes along with it. But because what I realized is you got to be careful here, Jim, you are speaking something really powerful into their lives. Don't do this flippantly. And I was doing it a little bit flippantly. at the start. Be careful, be thorough, go through the process. So now people will say, here are my three favorite movies. Tell me. And it's like, no, no, we got to slow down a little bit. We, I, I want to get to know you a little bit. I want to hear a little bit more of your background. I want to know why those movies are important to you. I want to hear you tell me the synopsis of the movie. Cause when you tell me the synopsis of the movie, you're going to tell me the things you think are key. Yeah. And so uh, I honestly believe, believe God's given me a gift of doing this because I take all this in and then I just say, okay, Holy spirit, you got to help me here. And then, and then, uh, it hasn't let me down yet. It just comes to me. It's like, okay, this is what it is. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, I, I get a big assist from the spirit <laughs> when I do it. That is great. That is great. I love that. Oh, and it's so valuable to understand, uh, you know, who God created us to be and to write from that, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. core knowledge. So that's great. So 2020 hit <laughs> and did that change your retreats that you offer and, or were you able to do some form of what you've been doing with writers? Yeah, it, it really, it, it, it really hit us. Um, cause we had all these academies planned and we had to keep pushing them back, pushing them back and then eventually just had to cancel all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it definitely impacted that, but, but it was good because what it showed Taylor and I that we need to do is we need to give other offerings. And so um, we recorded an online version of the Academy. Okay. And so we have that, we've promoted that a couple of times. We'll release that again this year. The other thing we did is we have developed two more courses, brand new courses that we're going to be able to offer people. So essentially, I guess I could have, the, the short version is we had to come out with products that weren't live that yeah. you could access via online. And, and we've done that. And uh, one's just about to release. So um, it's called the 30 day breakthrough challenge. And Indeed. I've never seen anything else like this because I've seen 30 day writing challenges, right? Where basically yeah. it's just 30 writing prompts, but this is so much more in depth. This is about mm. life. This is about developing a manifesto, a vision for your career. This is about truly understanding how to develop breakthrough relationships. This is understanding how to get breakthrough creativity. And so we've designed it as a 30 day program. And so we're going to release that. So, so we're developing those kind of things, which is, which is smart 
which is smart mm-hmm. because at some point Taylor's going to have kids <laughs> and we're not going to be able to do as many academies during the year. So, so it's been a good, yeah. as hard as it was income wise, um, it, it spurred us on to greater creativity. Yeah. I think one of the, I guess there are benefits to 2020 and, and beyond <laughs> that, what we're still living, but um, I would say that one of them is the availability of courses, workshops, conferences for writers that have all gone online and it makes it more affordable. Uh, We aren't, you know, having to pay for travel. And uh, even, even from the teaching perspective, I've taught more this last year than I've ever taught because of the simplicity of being able to teach online. So isn't that the truth? I mean, I, so mm-hmm. I, I taught, a, I taught a lot also online in 2020 and it's like, I didn't have to travel. I know. <laughs> that was really nice. It was really yeah, nice. I, I, I haven't missed that piece of it. No, but. <laughs> I haven't either. But there's nothing like uh, being in person. I do You know, there's that. nothing yeah. like <laughs> sitting in at a conference surrounded by like-minded writers. Right. So. Right. Uh, right. So I look forward to getting back to that. And, uh, but, but yeah, it's a good time to be a writer if you can push through the distraction and, yeah. and some of the, you know, for a lot of people, there's a lot of grief. And, and so there's absolutely no shame in not being able to write. Right. But for those who've been able to push through, I think it's been a good year for writers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, well, good. Well, thank you so much for your time, uh, for your heart for writers and all you're doing to support writers. Where can readers and writers find you online? Yeah, for the Rubart Writing Academy, uh, they can go to rubartwritingacademy.com. And in fact, if you go there and you sign up, you get a free video on how to pitch editors and agents. Um, okay. And that's R-U-B-A-R-T. <laughs> and if you want to investigate what I'm doing author-wise, you can go to jameslrubart.com. And then Rembrandt Stone, if you're interested yes. in The True Lies of Rembrandt Stone, which is the series title, you can go to rembrandtstone.com. And you can download the first chapter, the audiobook uh, yeah. of me narrating uh, for free. Um on that website. So I guess those are the three places right now that, uh, that people can connect with me. So. Perfect. I will link to all of those in the show notes. And so, uh, for those who want to go to the website, you can find those, but, um, can I say one more great. thing to your, you to your audience? I would love you, if you are an aspiring writer to embrace this truth, it's not about talent. It's about persistence. So if God has put this inside you, I heard years ago from a gentleman named Gary Barkalo, and it's always stuck with me. He said, desire reveals design and design reveals destiny. So if you have the desire to write, you were designed this way by God and your design reveals your destiny, which is to be a writer. So do not give up. Do not give up. And if you're the studious scholarly type, there's a great book called Grit by Angela Duckworth. And essentially the book is persist, persist. The ones who succeed are the ones who simply don't give up. So please don't give up. Yeah. I love that. 
Thank you. You and I both know the truth of that. We've lived the truth of that. We've both Mm -hmm. been rejected. I was rejected many times (laughs) by agents, by editors. Yeah. You keep persisting. Yeah. Absolutely. So, well, thank you. I appreciate your time. And uh, you can find all of the information. I'll also link to the book, Grit, that you've mentioned. A great book. And um, so thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Words with Writers. For show notes, links, and resources for writers, go to Words for Writers.